you Yeah, yo There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I'm behind you But always got you, end the discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a part take Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, hopping down, cause feeling's not an option and dad is not a noun, not at all. Yo, listeners, welcome back to the Chronicles of a Hip-Hop Legend radio show, TCOHHL Radio. Let's review real quick, listeners, what the five elements of, of, of hip-hop. Well, you know what? Let's do this because uh, as of, you know, over the past years, what, what, what has become obvious to me is not too many people are aware that there are actually five elements of hip-hop. People always go with the typical four, the popular four. That's obviously MCN. DJing, b-boying, and graffiti, right? But so often we, so often we forget about that last one, the fifth one, and it's the one that's less that, that tends to be not explored as much. And, and the truth is, is it, it is probably the most important element because without that element, none of the other things could exist. The truth is, is that no one would be able to be schooled in the way of emceeing, DJing, b-boying, or graffiti without the fifth and final element, and that's knowledge. So listeners, if you need to write that down, to complete your list of hip-hop's five elements, write them down. Fifth element, knowledge. Previous four, the ones that we generally know about, um, you know those, I'm not going to restate those. But but I'm going to tell you, the reason why I'm talking so much about knowledge is because I think And we've said this before, and I think, you know, hopefully by now, listeners, you've come to understand what our focus is. And that is being able to obviously week over week, whenever we, you know, have a new episode posted, the the intent is to be able to provide you with a quality entertaining experience. Right. But also being able to impart some wisdom, knowledge and understanding to you while we're doing the show or during the course of our show so you know we've covered a myriad of things that are beneficial to people we covered we've covered finances we've covered banking we've covered business we've covered obviously hip you know uh, hip-hop stuff from a music standpoint with production and beat making um you know so there's some other things that we need to cover but it's absolutely important to myself stats and ish that we cover you know, uh, just proper diets, man, and why it's important to to eat right. And this is why, and and in doing in doing this, man, I tell you, it's a pleasure for us to speak with this brother tonight and have him on the Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend show, and be able to explore his journey and the wonderful things that he's doing, man. Yo, listeners, without further ado, TCOHHL family, allow me to introduce the homie, DJ Cavum. Yo, what up, man? 
Peace and blessings, y'all. What's happening, world? Peace, peace. So, yo, man, I, I, it's very interesting to me because I, you, you know, Ish Ishmael Street is the re- one responsible for creating relationships, reaching out to people. Man, he does a great job at it. And a couple of weeks ago, he sent your information our way, and you know, we had a chance to look at it as a team, and we was like, "Yo, this shit is dope, man. This is right on point." And I tell you, man, we we in this day and age. Where in our communities across this country, not just across this country, but but beyond that, across this you know th- this world, our communities tend to be underserved in so many ways. It's, it's not just education, it's not just inequality, but it's also in food and the understanding understanding or lack thereof, right? So I appreciate everything that you're doing, and I want to get to how you got to this point and how you came to realize the importance of it. But in typical chronicle, the chronicles of a hip hop legend, legend fashion, man, we got to explore the journey. We have to explore the journey because the journey is what discloses not just to me, but to the listeners, how you, you know, got to this point in your life, man, we're educating the masses the way that you do. So let's start from the beginning, man. Where you from? Yo, man, I was born in Five Points, Denver, Colorado, Wild Wild West. Okay. 1986, you know, the year the South Bronx dropped, the year when a lot of gangster rap surfaced. So um, I'm pretty much surrounded by community. Okay. Okay. So mm-hmm. a lot of it was Yites and ex-Panthers and gangsters and community healers and poets and... So they were always in the community. I was raised by the hood and um, pretty much was really rebellious. Okay. Got out of that and I started just really adopting the ideas of hip hop around, you know, uh, mid 90s. I really got more involved and breaking and graffiti writing is pretty much what opened me up to the culture itself. Like. I took Capoeira when I was young. Okay. Uh, you know, I planted my first, you know, apricot tree at age three. So urban agriculture wasn't really, you know, something that was foreign to me. I was born right in the city. And um, that's just what it was. It was a lot of white flight. Right. That's right. That's right. You there? Hello? Hello. Identification is real. And a lot of young people are looking for access on the healthy food. So um, we're pretty much um, performing environmental hip hop, working in schools. Started off on a, a class project in high school. And now we just really moving with the movement and um, talking more about it, man. It's such a such a big project. But, you know, it's from it's from gangs to gardens on the real, man, like. Real G's got hoes, and we literally building gardens out here with these youth, and that's what we all about now. That's what's up. So, so listen, Cable, let me, I got to jump off for a second, man, because the connection is really bouncing a lot in Skype, and I'm I'm losing you as you're talking for, for, you know, extended periods of time, so I'm missing some things. So, what might have to happen is I'm, I might restate certain questions to you, and then in the end, 
uh, before we put this episode up, I'm going to have to do some editing on it. So if I have to restate something to you, just know that I'm not being a, a dick or a pain in the ass. I just, you know, I just didn't hear you. Yeah, that's cool, bro. Yeah, you right. know? So, um, so, so let me, let me ask you this, man. Um, so you mentioned that you, you planted, was it your first apricot tree at three? That's right. Right. So, so that, that's something special, man. And I think, there's something very, very suggestive about that. And and what's suggestive about that to me is that y- you come from a very um, health conscious family and upbringing. So were your folks very conscious about, you know, being healthy and, and um, you know, it, you know, eating and eating to sustain life in a, in a healthy way? That was more towards... Um they started seeing people falling off in the family. Mm, I mean, mm. you know, I grew up a carnivore, bro, yeah, in the yeah. church. You know what I'm saying? Going to church's chicken and <laughs> eating all the processed <laughs> ratchet food that you can find because I lived in a community where it was more easier to get that That's and right. liquor and Mad Dog and all that other stuff that was easy accessed for me as a kid. Right. And, um, so urban farming was something that the elders were into. That's right. And I was one of them kids who, like, you know, parents is, you know, my my, my parents were babies when they had me. They mm. were still teenagers. So, you know, I was raised by the elders, and they had me, you know, learning how to eat off them collard greens in the backyard. But it really wasn't, it wasn't seemed like, like this was the green movement. We were just recycling clothes and going to the to the thrift store because we had to. Right. We was carrying canteens because we had to. We was growing food because we had to. Right. And so it's like now that it's all hip and all this other stuff, I'm like, you know, black people been growing food since we came to the country using canteens and going green. Right. Environmentalists are really like, you know, the native indigenous of the land who really want to preserve it. So I, I really I give a lot of my credit to Everything that I am for my elders, and uh, yeah. as far as being a G, that's cooperative economics. Yeah, yeah. I learned how to sell for my own community. Hmm. Mm. You know what's interesting, man? You say something, and, and and I think it's it's very important to highlight, and that is, you know, because as a kid growing up, right, I'm I grew up in Brooklyn, right, and my grandparents who were from the South, for as long as I remember. You know, up until the time that they they passed away, they always had gardens popping in the summertime in their backyard in Brooklyn, right? So during during the summertime, we never paid, we never went to the supermarket to get tomatoes or green peppers. You know what I mean, or red peppers or or cucumbers. We always went over my grandparents' house or whenever they were ready and and things were ripe enough to to harvest you know my grand we got that stuff from my grandparents you know what i mean and then also too um in my grandparents backyard there was a pear tree a big ass pear tree and every fall we went ham on those pears man and i had gotten to a point like my grandmother would pick pears and and um and uh make preserves out of them right to keep them through the winter but then also i would take you know the pears that fell to the ground Right. And the ones that, you know, that that were still good, I would take those and sell those (laughs) at school for like maybe, you know, 20, 10 cents or 20 cents a pair. And that would be my money. And my grandparents were totally okay with it because it helped them to maintain the backyard. 
And then, you know, also at the same time keeping it clean. And then the pairs that fell to the ground and the squirrels got to or the ants got to, my grandmother never trashed them. She believed burying them into the ground, right? And then allowing them to sort of, you know, obviously, you know, go through this fermentation in the ground in an effort to to feed the soil for the next season or or the, or the next, you know, uh, planting season, which would be spring for the following year. So I'm very familiar with it, man. And I tell you, even... To this day, I mean, it's been a long time since my grandparents have passed passed away over 20 years now. But even to this day, I can taste the freshness in the things that they planted and the things that they, you know, that that they would harvest versus the stuff in the supermarket now. You know what I mean? And it's it's, it's very interesting. So I get where you're coming from, man. So, Yo, man, it's I got my children doing this now, bro. Yeah. You know, the, you can see like, you know, this this past eclipse that just passed, bro, everybody's in alignment right now. Yo, I'm in Colorado where they legalize the marijuana That's right. for the whole country. Yeah. That was a platform for plant-based medicines, period. Mm-hmm. You know, that goes for using kale, using your refrigerator to heal your body, mm-hmm. not just your medicine cabinet. And so it's like the concept of really what needs to happen is, is that I saw it like, yeah, man, I... You know, yeah, my grandparents was very influential in in the ideas of living off the land, knowing that especially my grandfather coming from it, mm-hmm. you know. But it, it, they really uh, embraced the the kind of the colonial conformity style at the same time, bro. Like, you know, a lot of our elders are still dealing with still trying to be accepted. They're still dealing with accepting civil rights mm-hmm. right now. Our generation is dealing with economic rights. We're right. dealing with the ideas of how we can build our community and through urban agriculture, through greening and weatherizing and energy efficiency. And all these things are real interesting. But a lot of times you don't see it look like us. But um, that's what it's all about. That's what hip hop is. And that's why I like acknowledging our elders and working with my daughters and, you know, getting them in the garden and my mother was really into the, the concept of eating healthy after Queen of Fool dropped that book in the, in the mid-90s. She brought it to Colorado. A lot of people jumped on the sacred woman that introduced a lot of, you know, collard greens and, you know, in the days. And, you know, a lot of people faced off her. Families can move forward on the podcast. All of us are still trying to figure out why is it that, you know, we crying for Black Lives Matter and police brutality, but not really focusing on food related illnesses. So when I went to Uganda and taught at a primary school and studied at Makarere, I had a lot of support when I recorded this song called Roots, Beans and Greens with my brother Alan Tonics. Mm-hmm. They were literally creating a new message, not only in hip hop, but like an Afrobeat you know, an Afro pop and using the track that would attract the generation over there as well that is still dealing with, you know, the the oppression through internalized ways. Right. And really need to um, address that through hip hop as well. That's right. And, and capitalism. That's right. That's right. So, yo, man, let me, let me ask you this, because you, you, you are, are definitely, um, you know, doing something that is 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 not done. In hip hop, right, and that is using hip hop 
as a means, you know, to, to enlighten people, empower people, to educate folks, particularly our people. How has how has the response been? Because I tell you, one of the things that's very, very interesting to me, man, is that we, we oftentimes we know. I mean, you mentioned this early on in our conversation, and that is within our neighborhoods, our people, you, you know, our neighborhoods tend to be underserved. Right. In terms of um, the, the accessibility and uh, the accessibility of, of, of fresh produce and then if it is fresh it, it you know it, and it's categorically organic it's it's out of our reach because it costs so much right so then when we get to a, a, a an opportunity to to have those things in the neighborhood often you know not oftentimes but sometimes our people shun those things because it's like well i don't like water you know what i mean or i don't like the way that tastes or i need to put some salt on that you know what i mean or can we put some hot sauce on it so how so so how do you deal with these perspectives and these and, and these positions when it comes to eating healthy and and being able to 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 press upon our people the importance of eating healthy yeah i mean on the real food should taste good yeah i mean you cannot blame the food for tasting nasty you blame the chef you know what I mean? And sometimes it's the prerogative of the person's taste and what they're used to. But on the real, bro, like, food is medicine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And not everything is going to taste great. But your body calls for what it wants. And when you think about eating plant-based and eating equatorial, you know, there's more medicinal remedies and in that than it is, you know, straight up being mm-hmm. a carnivore or just, like, really having the opportunity of having the option of eating healthy food. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm all about, man. Like, you'll you'll start to see it, man. Like, people, they want to trip. But, I mean, I'm cool, homie. Like, I'm vegan, man. I don't want no beef. You mm. know what I'm saying? Right, right. And I keep it cool with folks. So, like, you know, when they want to go ahead and eat whatever they want, you know, if they got the guts to spill the guts, go ahead. Hmm. From a vegan chef. You know, I just I wish that the compassion comes with that. You know what I'm saying? Like there's certain things that I know I can't do. I can walk up as a chef in a school, pull out a head of kale and a head of cabbage mm-hmm. and chop it up right there in front of the kids. But I cannot pull out a goat and slaughter the goat right there in front of the children in the school. Right. See? And and this is the respect that I feel like we have morality. You know, it's things that you want to do behind doors. It's almost like people are ashamed of it, you know. And um, but in, in the concept of just seeing healthy food, bro, it's like it's bigger than that, man. Like this is a marketing. Like people are really told what to eat. You know what I'm saying? Otherwise, they wouldn't be so you know segregative over certain meat products. Like you know, people who eat dog in China and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like I eat the whole produce section, B. I just I try to keep it raw. I say if you can't eat it raw, don't eat it at all. But that's that's me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got respect for people. And, you know, you got to honor the time that we spend on the planet. So, you know, mm-hmm. I don't take nothing for granted. I just show love, man. Yeah, no doubt. So so let me ask you this, man. What, at, at what point in your life did you make the decision to to become full-on vegan? Man. And, 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 and let me say this. Let me say this, too. I, I want to further qualify that question. At what point did you become an irreversible vegan because i know that that for for a lot of people shit i know it would be the case for me right if i if i attempted to become a vegan i might do it for two days 
and then my body might start going through some type of or what might what might be all in my mind but what I might perceive to be some type of imbalance right as a result of not eating protein for two or three days right and then at that point I have to rationalize to myself why I need to eat protein because I don't need to be lightheaded or I don't need to be walking around um, you know with headaches or you know feeling withdrawn or lethargic you know what I'm saying so so at what point did you become an irreversible vegan and you said you know what that's it no more meat I'm done <laughs> yeah man it took uh it took like you know one of those beautiful conversations you know with self mm-hmm. and um I had a lot of I had a lot of great elders around me nowadays I've been focusing on raw foods and that's like my new step you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like it's like can I how clean can I eat player yeah. you know oh you know this are this is a step for everybody, you know what I'm saying? And moving forward towards eating out of your backyard is more sustainable than it is straight up, like buying it from a store. Sure. And and I really want to promote that, you know? Like, my style of just going vegan, man, it was like, yeah, I started like age 14. You know, I saw I saw a lot of things from... Peter videos, the conversations, to, to go into, you know, to the stock show, to, mm-hmm. you know, all that, man. Slaughterhouse is, like, too young. And I was, I thought I was cool, you know? I was like, man, I'm a G, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'll kill a motherfucker. Like, right. I was on that shit, like, you know, real young. Right, and right. And not really understanding what I'm going to do. And then I was like, dang, though, man, like, I counted and deserve to go out like that, yo. Okay. No, no, <laughs> that's just interesting, like, man. Dang, yeah. man. That ain't even kosher, man. It's not halal. It's not respect at all. Yeah. And like, these cats be going out there, yo. They just be straight up slitting their throats. So I just, like, I had to give it up, man. I was like, I, I can't do that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you know, as many E5 rituals that didn't happen in my ancestry, you know, I didn't seen enough of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know? And so that's what I'm all about. It's like we got to move forward on, on how we can acknowledge the earth. I'm not saying everybody got to do it. I just say that a lot of us need to be more responsible with putting carbon back into the soil because mm. that's the real conversation. Mm. It's really how we can start growing everywhere. We got to plant on everything and really take more time to regenerate our water by creating the flow that's you know needed to go back in the soil. You know what I mean? So it's like... Yo, food is medicine, but the, but the earth is the medicine as well. We take care of ourselves. Yeah, that's for show respect. Sure. So so let me ask you this, man, because it, it, this is a very interesting conversation, man. And I appreciate you for 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 spending the time, man, to enlighten to you know to enlighten the people on why it's important to eat this way. But how do you deal with the person, right? Let me tell you, because I've I've dealt with people this way d- directly. I, you you see those people. Got oil they'll drink. When they drink, is juice or some carbonated bre- beverage that's loaded with sugar, right? I've had people tell me before, I've made the suggestion very politely and very respectfully to people. Yo, why don't you, you know, you want some water? Let me, let me grab you some water, right? And they say, no, nah, I don't drink water. And I say, why don't you drink water? And I've actually had people tell me that water is nasty, 
And and I tell you, when I think about that, it is the most incomprehensible thing I've ever heard before, because to me, water tastes like nothing. Now, I grant you, I am that person that my water has to be a certain temperature in order for me to drink it. Right. And, and, and I mean, enjoy it. I could drink cold water, ice cold water, but it's not my preference. Room temperature water that's slightly chilled is what my what my preference is. But I drink water and I love water. Right. But how do you reach those people that don't like water? And in doing so, how do you reach those people that say, you know what? I prefer to have, you know, a, 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 a fucking 75 cent or a dollar. I'm showing my age. They're not 75 cents anymore. But I'm, I'm you know, a dollar 50 or a dollar 99, um, you know, uh, Swiss rolls opposed to having an apple or buying a bag. How do you reach those people, man? Because the thing is, you, you're right, right? People have their own uh, opinions and, and people are adults. So as a result, inherently being an adult, you can make your own decisions, you know, and, and, and people have to respect that. But how do we reach people and tell them and prove to them that this is a healthier option by you making this option, by you drinking more water and, and, and eating more fruit and staying away from the things that are high in saturated fats and processed and loaded with sodium. You could be extending your life. You can be, you know, pushing off, um, you know, things like renal failure and high blood pressure and all of those other things that that come along with eating correctly. How do we reach those people? You know what? That's been like the question that I've been working with for the past four years now, man. And I tell you, real, 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 released this last project called the produce section. Yeah. Real quick, Cable. Real quick. Yo, I'm fat, man. I'm a fat ass dude, yo, straight up. But I'm, yo, but I'm very conscious about what I need to eat. The big problem with me is just being able to exercise. And I'm gonna pick your brain about some things, but I'm very conscious about what I need to eat. You know what I mean? To at least maintain, you know, healthy levels whenever I have my annual checkup, right? I just need to get this fucking weight off, and that's where exercise comes in. But I feel like at least I'm 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 making a step in the right direction in terms of eating the things or 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 um you know regularly, not all the time, but most of the time eating the things that promote uh good health, right? I haven't gotten to veganism yet. I would love to get to that point, but I'm not quite there yet. But I think you know, I just I just want to be able to to share with people the importance of why they need to be eating, you know, correctly. And, you know, that's why I threw that question out to you. But I, I interrupt you, man. I digress. Go, go ahead, man, if you recall what you were saying. Bruh, it's all love. Like, it's really about the timing, man. It's, it's kind of like setting a clean glass of water next to a dirty one. Um, mm. I always like to just pull out the simple respect for each other by giving them the opportunity to know what the process mm-hmm. had to go through to end up on the plate. And um, is it environmentally friendly? Is it environmentally just? You know, with, when we consume, you know, what is the benefit? Mm-hmm. You know, how does it um, how does it transform into our waste? You know, what, what carbon footprint does it leave? Sure. And that's, you know, that's really the deepest conversations to ask right there, my brother. And mm-hmm. I just kind of just... I leave it at that, man, and like you know, 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of people was worried about Flint, you know? They was really worried about the water, my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we talk about issues of, like, how much gallons of water goes into, you know, big-time agriculture that is, you know, I wouldn't say it's environmentally just, but it's more common around the world because it's, you know, you see this is what's happening, man. And I can't say that it's, it needs to happen everywhere else, but definitely in America, mm-hmm. we are definitely dealing with obesity issues where we're skyrocketing and a lot of environmental treason issues, bro. Like if we show that we love the planet, but there's a lot of things that we're doing to hurt it. Right. Um. That's really what it's about, man. Like eating vegan and all the veggies and all that. Like, yo, yeah, straight up. You want to make it taste good, man, you can flip anything. If you can make flesh and blood taste good, you can make anything taste good. That's cardboard. (laughs) You can chop you up a T-shirt and boil it down with some sauce. I mean, bro, I mean, there's so much opportunities out there, man. Like, I take a cabbage and I chop it up in half and I throw like some... Some bomb seasonings on there, man. Throw it on the grill, you know, literally. Or you can, like, chop you up some nuts, you know, soak up some raw almonds and, like, some raw walnuts, you know, put some sun-dried tomatoes, you know what I mean? Chop that up, soak it up, and then take you some cabbage, you know what I mean? Use the, use the shell of it, put all that inside, man, like making raw tacos. There's so many opportunities like man we don't have to give up our traditional recipes mm-hmm. we just got to figure out ways that we can work with our body that's in respect and in harmony with the planet yeah because you know we got to be able to make our own bed man like everyone loves a clean beautiful park nobody loves it when it's littered and not taken care of mm-hmm. so like you know the responsibility a lot of times is not left on us but you know it's kind of like it's real reality now, man. Like now everybody's they about to see what's going on. Like, yo, man, we really gotta we gotta take that time to help out because these children are the ones that are gonna be left with all these landfills. That's right. We don't know what we're doing with our trash. And when you don't eat predominantly out of the produce section, you're producing way more waste wow. than the average person who eats out of the garden. And that's the concept about it. If you ain't got a way to put away with your trash and you're not really recycling, you should definitely just, you know what I mean, recycle, regenerate the soil, work with the water, charge up the water. You know what I mean? Like all these things are so important in places where the water is not as fresh. Yeah. That's what we got to do to work, man. Right. You know? Right. So, yo, let me let me ask you this, man, because 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 you, you obviously are very knowledgeable in this area. The perception is. People that are interested in leading this or, 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 or walking this path towards a more healthy lifestyle by eating sustainable foods, right? That are that that are as a result are going to sustain your life and promote, you know, a, a more healthful lifestyle. The perception is is that in order for you to get this quality, because the, the truth is is that everybody, right, just can't have a garden, be it small, big, or medium in a backyard, right? Some people just don't have that as an option, right? So I think about, I'm sure, you know, parts of Denver, and I certainly know parts of Brooklyn, you know, people that live in, you know, highly populated areas, right, and live in apartments, they don't have that as an option to, 
to uh to 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 tend to or even create their own garden right so the so the the, the it, it seems like the go to is if i want this quality of food and i want to eat this way then i have to go to places like whole foods or or I mean, or, 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 or trader joe's or or um you know um there's another one too man i'm 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 missing it right now but but i have to go to one of these type of places that have those products that you know that seemingly are the only places that have those products the problem is 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 that those places in order for you to shed they it comes with a premium that name comes with a premium so you're going to pay more right so for the person that's living in you know in in the um in the inner city of Denver right or in the inner city of Brooklyn Queens Harlem Staten Island Long Island right and they're trying to do, you know, Houston, Fifth Ward people, and they're trying to, to lead this lifestyle. Where, where do they start at? Yo, man, it's it's really about the respect and the help. This is cooperative economics. Mm-hmm. We have to help each other. People love black business. They love brown business. We got to support each other on the on a level of cooperative economics and growing food. So if you can't grow the food, you should definitely sign up with the CSA. Wherever is the local community farmers market, the local farmer, the elder on the corner. If you got, if you really down, get your whole block. You know, mm-hmm. if you got some front yard, stop growing grass. Mm-hmm. Get the whole block on it, and everybody can make corner crops. You can have one side of the street being broccoli, the other side of the street is collard greens and corn. Mm-hmm. Like it can really get down. Like you can turn this over. I mean, like y'all got land, you can just save up and you know cooperatively pay for the water. It ain't gonna be that much after you start flipping it. Trust, and that's like. You know, those are the kind of grants that, like, you know, everybody where I wear the community garden and, you know, there might not be enough in the hood and somebody's black backyard got to start it up. You know, there's ways to just take care of these water. And then we have to, if you got to harvest it up yourself. I mean, I know people who went to the sink and they had to fill up buckets and they walked it across the street. Mm. Like, I've I've grown sprouts in my windowsill when I and I lived in an apartment. Right. I was growing everything, you know what I'm saying, in the in the closet to the to like to the refrigerator. Things are important. Like, yo, man, like it's a really important conversation is learning how to have the patience to watch something grow. Right. Because once you can do that, you can do anything. And you had the time to meditate, you had time to do yoga, you had other things that you can prosper on when you when you watch the growth of something else as you do. So it's like it's a powerful thing, man. Like, you know, going into your refrigerator and you look at all the community supported, you know, fruits and veggies that's grown in the block near you. And that's what it's all about, man. Like, um, there's indoor tower gardens. If you got the time to invest in that, you know, work with your family and your whole block and get the whole community down to just straight up. Hmm. And then on like, 15 tower gardens on the indoors and these things are about as big as like a, a coat rack and um there's other things that a lot of people are doing like the the main tools to have to really you know take care of a community i would definitely say it's like you know high power blender a real good juicer mm-hmm. you know a couple of refrigerators some canning resources a garden you know what i mean you got to start saving up on all the minerals that you need like you know the salt the water you know, these things are really important and um, you can definitely sustain a garden with good land and some good soil. The compost is most needed. That's what I talk about. Like when you when you eat plant based, so like your your compost is like that goes straight back to the earth. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? You can blend that up, pour it on your plants, take care of all the plants, indoors and outdoors. And that's um, it's a beautiful thing, man. If we can get more youth having that experience, then um, we're definitely going to turn them into to the right direction, you know? Sure. So so I, I, I think I have, and, and I think listeners to have, have some fundamentals down about, you know, starting, you know, your own personal garden, right? There, there's options, as, as you've proved. But then also, too, one of the key components that I, I, I failed to mention, and I'm happy that you that you just brought it up, DJ Cavum, and that is composting. So what what when, when I think about composting, I personally never composted anything in my life. I've never participated in the process of composting. But what I think of, uh, and, and please tell me if I'm, I'm incorrect, but what I think of when I think of the process of composting and coming up with an extremely rudimentary rudimentary definition of it, I think about, um, you know, you have items that, you know, that items that were once living and I'm talking about plant items, plant based foods, right. That perhaps you didn't finish it. Right. Or, or, or maybe that stem, that you cut off of that green, red, or yellow pepper, you know, that's not edible, you throw that in the trash, right? So then at the end of the day, you know, if you're a chef, like, you know, a vegan chef like yourself, or if you're just a person that, um, you know, that you, you're cooking every day, at the end of the week when it comes time to set trash out, you have a compost bin that you threw all of these sort of discarded scraps away that, that were a part of a, a living organism that you just didn't use, a plant-based living organism, Right. So those items end up in a compost trash can. But surely you can't just take those and plant them back in the ground, right? So is is there a process to break that down so that you can use those things to put it back in the ground? What's the process for breaking those down? Yo, man, check it out, man. I just posted something like that on my Facebook like not long ago, man. And, okay. um, it's really just talking about how you can replant a lot of things. Yeah. Like, man, I chop my lettuce up so pretty, and then <laughs> throw it back in the water, man, and it grows right back. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And, like, that's a good thing to do. Like, celery grows back. Basil grows back. You can, like, you can root a lot of things, like onions, like garlic, like potatoes. Um, of course, the classic pineapple. Yeah. You know? Those are those are really good things to uh, you know open up your mind to man and sometimes it just takes to throw some dirt on it. Mm. Compost should be real good for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. On the real, if you if you eating food that you can't put back into the soil, you probably shouldn't be eating that. You know what I'm saying? That's okay. how I feel. You know what I mean? Like you can't water a plant with Pepsi. Mm. Straight up. Very you interesting. Share yeah. the plant. No you know doubt. what I'm saying? Yeah. And if your body is made out of water. You know, then that's really the deepest conversation that we need to have with ourselves. Like, yo, is this respect? Like, you know, there's so much sugar water products out there. Like, you know, much respect to the to the funky diabetic. You know what I mean? Because, you know, Fife Dog was really influential in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I listened to a lot of native tongues. And when I was like, man, diabetes, you know what I'm saying? And then I hear what happened to Guru. Yeah. 
I'm here what happened to Nate Dog, and I'm here what happened to Big Pun. I'm like, yo, these all these gangsters is dying from food related illnesses, but they talk about being G's and I know that they I know they G to the heart, but we ain't thinking about that that silent killer. Mm. And um that's really what it's about. Like, you know, composting is just like the earth and what we put into ourselves, man. It's like it's like straight reflection, my brother. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Absolutely, man. So Listen, let me, let me let me throw this scenario out at you, man, and we'll get ready to start start uh, wrapping it up. But I'm a dude, right? And I'm speaking hypothetically, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps I'm speaking hypothetically. But I'm a dude, right? That that's interested in testing out the the the, the path of veganism. I'm interested in, in in walking that road. What would be the first step? Towards doing that, in your opinion, or in your experience, I should say. You know, it just takes time. It takes study. You have to study. You can't believe the damn thing I just said. Don't go study. Mm. Get a book. Read it. You know what I mean. Find a video. Watch an app. You know what I'm saying. Get down, bro. Like there's so much. There's so much out there now, you know, like back in the day, I can say like, yeah, being a vegetarian in the 70s probably sucked. Mm-hmm. You, wouldn't know, you know, people didn't know about, you know, them good old plant-based recipes that was like traditional to like West Africa, right. you know what I mean? And they didn't, they weren't bringing them things home and like, you know, there's like, there's so much things out there, man. Like, that's how I do it now, man. Like, you just got to just find something fresh that you ain't eating. You know, just chop it up, play it like me. I've been making my collard greens without the fat back for over 17 years, player. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's good for you. You know, you get that kale you, or you get you some cabbage. You know what I'm saying? You chop that up with some onions or some turmeric root with some ginger and some coconut oil. And then you put a little pepper on it, man. Man, man it just it tastes so bomb, though, player. Like, mm. Everybody, you know, just need some time with it, man. Like, you can get full off a bag of oranges if you wanted to juice them babies. But like a lot of folks, you know, we just, we think about the itis. And if you ain't falling over sleep, that you ain't really satisfied. <laughs> and like, you can eat food and be energized. And that's the real difference today. Like, you know. But isn't that it, the satisfaction, though? Is the, yo, is the energy, It's the energy, right? Not, not, yeah, the, not being lethargic. Right, it, 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 you know, it's the original satisfaction. Right, but you know, there's also the poison, and and getting used to feeling what the poison has to offer, and that's what it's all about as well as like controlling those temptations. It takes you know twenty three, maybe thirty two days, you know, to be able to shift your palate on your tongue. Mm-hmm. So if you really wanted to start right now, I got it for you right here. I'm doing a fridge on fleek challenge. Okay, if you down. Holla at me. Hashtag fridge on fleek. Okay. Take a picture of your refrigerator full of all kind of fruits and veggies, super tropical, looking fresh as AF, and go ahead and tell your mama and then post it online. Because that's what it's all about. Like, we have to be able to show that we can make our refrigerators look like, you know, gardens instead of just morgues. You open it up and look like body parts. Folks ain't even got enough respect for themselves. Blood just dripping everywhere. Yeah. Like, you know, we got we to go ahead and do it differently now, man. Like, you know, and that's what it's all about, man. Like, I just recorded 
a beautiful music video with my students. I'm my educator as well. Right. And I just got them teaching this dope summer camp program. And these students, man, like the year before, they wrote a song called Brown Rice and Broccoli mm-hmm. to go ahead and battle them Hot Cheetos and Takis kids who dropped the verse. Okay. The video's on YouTube. It's called Brown Rice and Broccoli. Like, we just released another project called Fridge on Fleek, which is just talking about the high, the ideas that youth want to be healthy. They want to move. They want to, you know, be involved. And they write their own lyrics. And we're doing classes and going internationally and talking about environmental hip hop. And this is some of the things that we're bringing to the table. And you can see that it's shifting, man. Like, it's not just something that ain't cool. Like, holistic health is going to be the new wave starting like just like marijuana is like curing cancer yeah people find out that like oh you mean i should have been eating this all along i could have prevented cancer like it's it's more about the ideas that we can heal ourselves more than just fruits and vegetables with our mind as well you know what i mean like with a good open heart and taking care of our liver by not being so upset, you know, healing from depression, healing from anxiety and issues of internalized depression from ideas of that are outside of us and really more cellular memory. Mm-hmm. We just have to be able to heal from all of that outside of the pollution that we breathe in and the toxic chemicals in our water that we have to strain out with like using a charcoal or using like all these diffusers and like it's just ridiculous, man. The world, the, the state that we're doing to our planet is like it's really it's calling for an overall detox mm. of everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that includes our soil, our water, and uh, the more carbon, the more gardens that we plant, the more that we put into the soil, we can heal this conversation of air pollution and obesity at the same time. So it's. It's bigger than that, man. We really got to move forward. The tenth element of hip hop is health and wellness now, mm-hmm. and it's official. So you know, we 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 want to go ahead and keep pumping that, man. So so let me ask you this: you you said something here, right? You said, did you say the tenth element of hip hop is health and wellness? That's right. Okay, so what's it? What what's six, seven, eight, and nine? Six, seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. Right. Got I mean, because I, I just don't know, and that's, I mean, I'm familiar with five. You got beatboxing, you got fashion and street culture, you got street knowledge, you know, and um, just you know, yeah, you know, you know. I got you. No, you just you. Just, I got it. So now, and yeah, it wasn't intended to be a quiz or nothing like that. I just, I just, cause, cause you said the tenth, and I'm, I'm like, damn, am I missing something? Like I thought there was only five. So, so how we get to how we get to ten? But no, I I got what you're saying though. I I understand, man. I, I understand. Yeah, man. There's so there's so much out there right now that a lot of people are starting to embrace more than what we see, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. um, it's starting with just people finding out the simple things, going to school and be like, oh snap, you mean Columbus didn't discover the country? Like, That's right. Oh, you know, there's a there's a lot of what. People, people just now watching Hidden Colors because they ain't go to college and get that African American studies, you know, degree. <laughs> right, you know what right, I'm right. This is what, this is what's happening, bro. The Pan Africanists who've been out there trying to teach everybody is now like, you know. So there's a lot of openness going on. Mm-hmm. More people are aware of the injustice that's happening on the front line in, in, in North Dakota and South Dakota right now with the indigenous brothers who are trying to stop the pipeline from running right. through their land. That's right. And they've been getting messed up and, you know, since the beginning of this country. Yeah. You know? 
and then we're seeing what's happening, you know, on the Navajo reserva- uh, reservations right. with the with their water issues. That's and right. Yes. Like, yo, and then we see what's happening with the indigenous, you know, um, Mexican brothers who's coming over here, and and, and then the farm workers and all yeah. these issues. Yeah, the so migrant workers. Like, yeah. Can we just embrace so many things that happen to go on? Like the activists. We need to definitely take care of our health, bro. Yeah. Like, who, you know, who heals the healers? Right. You know, who heals the, the activists, man? And like the time that that the people are really taking to to address these issues of environment and the things that happen in the environment, like police brutality, like food justice, like pollution, like, you know, uh the fact that you know there's economic inequality has happening in the communities and and gentrification those things need to be addressed with green jobs yeah with the fact that we can community can can literally support the community itself that's right you know that happens uh, there's a lot of models around the world there's a model and um for for at least the Earthship biotexture that they're doing and building sustainable homes in in Taos New Mexico mm mm-hmm. Check that out. It's called Earth Ships. Um, there's other ways of people using urban agriculture. Here in Colorado, we got the grow house, you know, so we're growing food, you know, and this is like straight up in the hood. Hmm. And at the same time, you can see what's happening, you know, on the East Coast, like in the schools. My man, Stephen Ritz in the Bronx, right. who's, who's, a, who's a teacher. And he literally turned his whole classroom into an urban farm with tower gardens. Like, what better way to work with the kids? Like, we got to acknowledge the fact that there's people making these efforts to, like, normalize the concept. It's not new. You know, it's just the fact that we just kind of, you know, we spent over 60 years on developing chemical-based agriculture. Now we can spend the next 60 years developing organic gardening and concepts that are more sustainable for youth to be able to live off, man. And that's what it's all about. Cause you know, it's, it's a concept of respect and that nurture. That's right. Dig it. Indeed. Yo, indeed. So yo, DJ Cavum, what you got coming up next, man? What you working on now? <laughs> man, I got a lot of stuff going on, bro. Like, yo, I literally just landed a beautiful distribution deal for my film from Gangs to Gardens, directed mm. by Jay Love, and um, with Virgin Airlines. So, wow. you know, right now the film is 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 airing on Virgin Airlines and Fubu TV. Um, we just got back from Azerbaijan, and that's over there in the Caspian Sea, where it's like representing as U.S. diplomats, bringing hip hop, bringing environmental hip hop, and teaching at the schools, wow. lecturing and performing over there. Um, man, I, just, I got this dope, um, dope deal with this, this grocery store chain that has all organic food called natural grocers, dope endorsement deal, man. And, uh, okay. we, we started these culinary concerts performing nationwide. So we might come to a hood near you giving out organic food. We was just in Houston. We, we also did, um, the, the Austin, um, paleo conference. Like, oh, wow. Okay. We at, we at the raw food conference. We at the vegan conference because wherever we go, Everybody loves fruits and vegetables, and that's what it's all about. So, writing a new book right now, I'm writing a new album right now. You know, exclusive 
custom, you know, champion juicers about to come out, man. Like I got, you know, I got these dope projects happening. Um, this Saturday, I'm going to be at the Denver Yoga Expo at the convention center doing a culinary concert with my wife, Alchemia. Okay. And that's like a gardening, yoga, wellness, culinary concert. Like, yo, we break out the fruit. Yo, I had the turntables and a blender and the juicer and the champ up there, yo. It goes fresh, man. And then I'm like throwing kale out into the crowd. And you know how people used to, you know, baptize. All the MCs love baptizing people with the water. I'm like, yo, right. me, I'm just going to give out free vegetables from the stage. And so yeah. it's a great opportunity for people to come out to that. Um, yo, campaign for this barn raiser. I got this uh, this thing called barn raiser. It's just like Kickstarter, but it's more for like sustainable projects. Sure. And um, that, you know, it's just barnraiser.us forward slash the produce section and what that is with literally transforming our environmental hip-hop curriculum that we wrote to be able to reach and make a fresh approach for culinary wellness and environmental activism for young people to be more involved in the schools so we created this app that we're out we're in the process of really transforming a lot of people and having you know recipes and having yoga classes and you know environmental hip-hop music videos and and albums from you know so many artists around the nation and you know really pumping this concept of sustainability on a, on a whole nother way of awareness so mm-hmm. that's just happened man like you know we a lot of folks is hitting us up around it we just did a really cool spot on the michaela show on cnn Okay. Um, you know, we got the Heirloom Festival coming up in Santa Rosa, California on September 8th. We Jesus. also got Bioneers, you know, so we'll be speaking and performing at these gigs. And, you know, these are where a lot of times, these are where the environmentalists go to, like, meet up and talk around the concepts of how we can use our, our arts and activism to, to benefit the planet and the cause. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's good to you know, go and sit down and see what's happening, man, because this is where it's at, man. Like, I had a great opportunity to speak at Tuskegee University. Wow. And, uh, and also Irvine, um, UC Irvine this year. Sure. So, like, these these things have really been well-received, bro. Like, you, you can definitely see that people want to move in the ideas of environmental awareness. And hip-hop has definitely promoted so much poison. We back on pumping the sugar water again, you know, and so it's like, all right, man, like you can see like my favorite rappers nowadays out here talk about drink some drink some soda. I'm like, come on, man, like this it hurts. So you, you know? you're not you're not feeling the sprite shit right now. Nah, man. I mean it's, it's it, it, you know, man, like, come on, bro, like we just lost Fife Dog and then this and then they just they're gonna start pumping it. I'm like, what what is the what is the problem, man? Like, I'm not dissing no MC. Right, I just right. feel like we could, if we can do that, then I want to see everybody get on this fridge on fleet. So let me ask you. So let me let me ask you this quick, man. Can you can you can you possibly see um, a, a popular water brand, right, um, using hip hop artists to to you know, as, as a part of its marketing plan for the, for the purpose of reaching consumers or, or yeah, for the purpose of reaching consumers. Cause I I think it's realistic, right? I do think it's realistic. I just don't know at this, at this, at this day and time, I even think it's plausible, but I think at this day and time, 
I just don't know. I just I, I just don't know how acceptable uh, it, it would be by, um, you know, by the audiences. Like, I, I mean, and I'm not talking about people like yourself that have made this. This has been a part of you since you've been reaching the people. I'm talking about people that that are part of the Sprite campaign. I'm just trying to create the scenario, um, you know, in in my mind, you know, and for the listeners. So if if Sprite went ahead and did, you know, or, or you know, whoever's, I think it's a Sprite, it's a Coca-Cola brand, right? But if they if they went ahead and did, um, you know, a, a, a water brand, right, an, an alkaline water brand, and they were trying to reach, <laughs> you know, those people that sort of subscribe to this hip-hop ideology, ideology and this hip-hop lifestyle, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how successful they would be. Bruh, I mean, everybody remembers when, like, McDonald's started making smoothies, right? Like, they're going to figure out so many ways to get you involved. Right. I'm not even sweating that, man. I think we just got to be more responsible but having the duality, right. you know, and more opportunity. Hip-hop used to be way more diverse on the radio. Mm-hmm. I think the way that we market should be as well. Mm-hmm. And that's really where my fight is. It's like, okay, let's step in. If you're going we're going to wrap that, okay, let me see you wrap that kombucha then, player. Let mm-hmm. me see you go ahead and wrap that water. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's more about um, how we can do this in a sustainable method, man. Like, you know, so many plastic bottles is already in the ocean. How many do we? How many yeah, more yeah. do we need? I'm like, we really need to talk about ways of this cooperative economics, man. Right. That's what it's about, man. Like, you know, I love, I love investing in our education. Um, I love the investment that we do uh, in the land. I love the, I love the things that hip hop has done. Like, yes, we have created so many businesses mm-hmm. for people, and I love it. It's a beautiful thing. Like every endorsement deal that took us in a different direction, and like, yeah, you know, you got the money and you did something positive with it. Okay, I respect that. Mm-hmm. I'm all about well, what else we can do, though. You know, if you see somebody, you know, who's 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 jumping on the side of the street, like. And they, and they got the oranges, like, let's lift that man up. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's the investments that we need, man. Like, we got to figure out other ways of transforming our, our inner community. We have a lot of elders in our community who are suffering from crack addiction. Mm-hmm. Now, those are grandparents and mothers and fathers. And, and we, you know, we have to talk about this and not really... Um, attach ourselves to it so there's so many ways that we can heal ourselves with food and uh, and i really want to acknowledge all the people who've been doing it right man like you know of course on on the west coast you got castles growing food for the hood like ron finley you know people healing the hood like queen of four people you know growing the food like my man uh will allen in milwaukee like there's there's people out there who have done it successfully and there's so much like that needs to be put back on how to transform that. You sure. know what I'm saying? Like how we can duplicate that and that's what we need, man. It's not it's not about fighting no more, man. Yeah. I can't I can't go out there and hate on no company either. I'm the state of state the facts is the fact. You can't water a plant what sugar water. No, you're that. right. You're right. You know? And, you know, and that's just that's just all it is, man. Like, you know, our body is a temple. A lot of us believe that, but a lot of us don't treat it that way, mm. you know. And if it's living, you know, consume life, and um, you know, 
plants are living, bro. If you, the best way to preserve your kale, your cabbage, your collard greens, your broccoli, when you buy it, if you eat broccoli, Sabian's gonna do that. But you know, regardless, there's so much, so much light out there, man. Like you gotta learn to be your own healer, man, because they they knocking out Doctor Sabi, they knocking out all these healers, man. Yeah, and uh, we gotta take time to really. Study up now. Don't believe a goddamn thing I just said. You go ahead and get you a book. You know what I'm saying? You go ahead and pull it up on Siri, whatever, play it. But you go ahead and just figure it out because, you know, ain't nobody going to save you but you. Yeah. And that's love. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yo, DJ Cable, tell people where they can find you at, man. Tell the listeners where they can find you on social media. Man, we everywhere right now, man. You can check out my newest video from Gangs to Gardens. My TED Talk at TEDx Manhattan on all on YouTube. The Cool to Live video, Cody Chestnut on YouTube, Hybrid Lex. My website is DJCAVEM, as in motivation.com. Mm-hmm. And you can check that out. And um, if you really about about it, get on that fridge on fleek. Take a picture of your refrigerator, hashtag fridge on fleek. Post it on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and let us see what you got up in your fridge. Keep it fresh. Keep it plant-based. You know, that's really what it's about. Like, food is medicine, Mm. you know? And uh, we want to prove that our people in hip-hop, that we wise and we hip, because that's what it means to be hip. You got to be wise. And so the hop is true. Like, KRS is right. It's the movement. It's the the hop. That's right. So you have to, this is the intelligent movement. So let's show that we got that intelligence by, you know, making sure that we can, you know, beat the system with beats. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And chop them up in a blender and, and juice them babies. That's right. You know I mean? And that's what it's all about. So, you know, it's it's really in the medicine and the, and the food justice. Find me on Twitter. Let me know what you think. I'm at I-E-T-E-F and on also Instagram. So holla at me, y'all. That's what's up. Yo, listeners, yo, listeners, you know what this is, the Chronicles of a Hip-Hop Legend radio show with the homie, DJ Cable. And yo, just like he said, man, and that's important for us to recognize, that is, hip is the knowledge, hop is the movement. So, do something, y'all. Take these words from DJ Cable. This has been a dope conversation. Do something for your life. Do something to better your life. Do something to to uh, to sustain your life and, and, and lead a healthful life. And remember, just like DJ Cabum said, you can't water a plant with a bottle of Sprite or a bottle of Pepsi. So why would you do that shit with your body? Yo, DJ Cable, man, thank you for your time, homie. We appreciate you. Y'all, respect, man. R.P. Fife Dog, man. R.P. Guru, Nate Dog, all the elders, man. We all stand on their shoulders. Absolutely, absolutely. Yo, listeners, the Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend radio show, TCOHHL Radio. Y'all hold tight. We'll be right back. So for you, yeah, yeah. 
there whenever it matters And even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you Here but that or I'm behind you But always got you End of discussion Nothing means more First wanna offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world Until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever So don't ever you fret Know that you covered Not a hurdle or a heartbreak A change will partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you Fully loaded, prepare you For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still in all Give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them Along with my crown And since the baton was passed I've been down Cause failing's not an option And dad is not a noun Not at all my message to any dad, man, first off, know that, yeah, it, it is a hard job, but it's the greatest job in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't change anything about it. Everything you're doing from here on out, if it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.